Hey everybody, welcome back to Play It or Player, the weekly gaming talk show here in Nerdy Northern as we discuss the gaming news of the week that you don't want to miss out on. I am joined this week by my uh, co-host as usual. I've got Danny and Wes. Danny, how are you tonight? I'm good. How are you doing, buddy? How's everyone doing tonight? And we got Wes. Hey, Chad. How's everybody doing tonight? And uh, I nearly last... said going again. <laughs> I nearly did it. And, I feel like uh, I'm a little cut off here. <laughs> As you can all see, we have a unique guest in the house tonight, someone who has been on the Player to Player podcast before, and we welcome him back, one of our fellow Nerdy Northerners, and he just came in raiding with his community, so we thank him for that. Willie Lowe. What's going on? Happy Monday. It's happy Monday. It's a great start to the week, and what better hmm. way than to digest ourselves on the gaming news and kind of chat about it, get our thoughts out, and I mentioned... A little bit earlier, uh, before you came into uh, the ch- the chat here, well, that there's not a whole lot on the plate this week, and I think that has to do a lot with the kind of season that we're in. It's that April to May window, where we're before E3, where before all the big gaming announcements come. It's kind of the dry spell of the gaming season, I find. But yeah, it's it's post uh, post end of the, the the fiscal year for a lot of companies ends at the end of March, so they they rush to get yeah. their games out and. Yeah. Uh, Get their big announcements in to, to kind of boost up those prices a little bit, those mm-hmm. stock prices before the end of the year. Yep. And uh, so that's where we find ourselves. However, we do still have some goodies. So you guys ready to get into it? Let's of do course. It. Mm-hmm. So first on the plate tonight, it's going to be some epic conversation because there's been a lot of interesting moves that they are making, and we're going to go a little bit more in depth with something else epic tonight. Uh, it's kind of in relation to the company involved here. Uh, Sony has let out, uh, I believe it's, uh, the character is, uh, West, um, West, or, or the, the, yeah. her, uh, sorry, I am. the Horizon Zero Dawn <laughs> character. What, what is her name? Oh, uh, Aloy. Aloy, Aloy sorry. Aloy is going to be coming out for Fortnite and, uh, she's going to be officially joining the roster as of April 15th, 2021. This is after having Kratos from God of War. Uh, one of Sony's other uh, main figures joining the Master Chief from Xbox earlier on in the year. Um, yeah, April 15th, we're going to be getting another Sony character. And yeah, there's more Sony news we're going to be talking about uh, their involvement with Epic later on. But first, I want to kind of talk about this. Will, I know you've been getting into Fortnite a lot recently. What do you think of this kind of collaboration of Sony handing off their really big, huge first-party characters to another company to feature in their game? No, I think it's great. Honestly, like it's it's it it's promotes itself. It gets people more aware of those characters. Um, it also helps because uh, they did release Horizon Zero Dawn on PC as well too, and I'm thinking that's helping get people on Fortnite recognizing her and be like, "Oh, I play this on PC. Well, maybe I can get this on PC now and try it out there since I've seen this character." So I think it's a really good and smart move, just like with all the other characters they're bringing over to the Fortnite universe. There are a lot. I mean, there are a plethora of different characters from the Marvel and the DC universes. If you're comic book fans, if you're a gaming fan, again, Xbox brought over Master Chief. We have now Kratos and Aloy joining in. Um, Speaking of games going to PC, there's Days Gone. I wonder if we could ever see a Days Gone character joining Fortnite. Probably not due to the popularity as uh, one of the things we didn't get to talking about last week was Days Gone 2 being canceled. Um, However, we're going to throw this over to Wes. Wes, what do you think about the collaboration between these developers? And do you think it could lead to something bigger if you continue seeing these first-party characters being thrown around? Uh, I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily a sign of something bigger going on. I think this is just kind of, you know, this is the big thing right now. So get your characters in there. You know, they added uh, Ryu and and Chun Li from Street Fighter mm-hmm. recently as well. Um, so I, I don't necessarily think that there's any kind of uh you know project in the works between capcom and epic so i i, I think this is just kind of like yeah we're, you want to strike a deal and get your characters into the the you know this, arguably the biggest game on the planet then yeah jump in and you get that marketing you get that that brand awareness of that that character and, and you know potentially their universe as will said like you can get horizon zero dawn on uh mm-hmm. on pc and also i'm pretty sure they've got that uh that sequel coming out to some console mm. that they also make that they might want to get people in on. So that's you know, true there's, too. Mm-hmm. There's all sorts of options there for them. You know, just just getting that character out there. And and Aloy's a great character. I I, I think she fits into that sort of environment really really well. 
Before I throw this over to Danny again, Wes, do you think that the age of exclusive characters has kind of gone away with, yeah, we're, we're seeing Master Chief, an iconic figure that is, uh, you know, on Microsoft, on Xbox. You're beginning to see it showing up in other places. Fortnite obviously is not a Microsoft-owned game. Epic is not a Microsoft-owned company, yet they get to have them, uh, have Master Chief around there. There's brand awareness. Obviously, that's a big one. Um, but I, I think it... I think it probably reduces like the specialness of it to to a certain extent. I mean, it was it was a big deal when Kratos showed up in Mortal Kombat Nine. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a big deal when Master Chief showed up in uh, what was it, Dead or Alive? It wasn't Master Chief, but it was a Spartan anyway. Um, was, it was, was it Dead or Alive? Was it Dead or Alive? It was a fighting game. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Dead or Alive. Yeah, Dead or Alive. Um, yeah, and like it, it, you know, it spawn in in. Soul Calibur 2, Link in Soul Calibur 2 was kind of the, you know, the 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 big example that you'd have. Um I think it, it kind of reduces that. That was yeah, that that was a long time ago, but um but I th- yeah, I think that that this sort of thing just kind of diminishes that sort of like, oh, cool, like this character's in this game, like it's mm-hmm. like it, it's becoming a bit more common now. One more floor. Mm-hmm. Danny, I know that Fortnite is a game that I don't think you've got around to playing. Um, so th- this one's for you from that gamer perspective. With them throwing in all these different characters, like, th- is that do you, is that going to entice you to get into Fortnite? To want to go and pick up those characters? Uh, well, I've played Fortnite before, and okay. no, I I absolutely have no interest in that game. But hey, it's great. Like you know, the guys are saying that uh, you know they're getting recognition. All these characters are starting to show up in there, uh, and it's great. Street Fighter brands getting known in more than it is. Um, of course, um, all the new stuff, the DC, the Marvel characters. Uh, it's great. I like seeing that stuff. And, you know, you talked about how uh, this kind of takes away the thunder of, you know, the characters' original games, like the, the games that they come from. Uh, you could say the same thing about Super Smash Brothers, right? You got all these uh, third-party characters now showing up there. It doesn't mean that they're going to lose traction in their own games, I just I think it's a it's a nice uh, it's nice to see companies working together and bringing their characters into certain games, um, and you know hopefully they continue. I, I would like to see more uh, more crossovers like that. Just shows great faith in you know artists who uh, who have created these characters and mm. joining different universes. So it's really cool. I like seeing that. Well, we're gonna move on from that one. Uh... I definitely I think I have to agree with you, Danny. It's nice seeing those characters coming over. I mean, just being able to run around. I'm a huge Master Chief fan as Master Chief in Fortnite. The ability to do that is cool. Um, if it wasn't there, I don't think I'd be sorely missing anything. But since it is there, it does give me that initiative to be like, hey, you know what? Maybe I do want to go and purchase a skin. But we're going to move on to another topic here. And we're going to switch uh, over to Nintendo. A little bit of an interesting topic because... Uh, something that hadn't really been done before is seeing Pokemon games being developed by other studios, other publishers, sorry, not publishers, developers. Um, one that is the biggest, obviously, out there is Pokemon Go, and that was developed by Niantic. The Pokemon company has a say in hand in it, but obviously most of it is ran and developed by Niantic. Pokemon Snap, this new one, was given to Bandai Namco because of their results of Pokemon Tournament. Another game that, obviously, uh, Pokemon Tournament was given to Bandai Namkai. Now, I find it interesting because by them doing it, we've been exposed to a lot of different unique Pokemon games that we hadn't really had before. Bandai Namkai, obviously, bringing in a fighting element and having Pokemon Tournament where you were being able to brawl as Pikachu and being able to brawl as Mewtwo against each other and, and having those kind of really different pokemon battles that you know, obviously we are not accustomed to seeing in the typical pokemon games of say pokemon sword and pokemon shield however uh i, I want to go danny with you first on this um what are your thoughts on a gaming company taking again something that's exclusive that they had developed in-house and beginning to allow other publishers other studios developers the ability to work and make that game under their guidance i think it's great actually this ain't the first time with pokemon or uh, other nintendo franchises that's happened with uh you can go with metroid prime retro studios did that uh um of course metroid other m was uh ninja 
the what was Team what's ninja. ninja? Yeah, thank you, Team Ninja. Um, and there's a lot of Pokemon games too that have uh, have been developed by different uh, companies. Uh, it's great because that's what gives you that fresh take. You you have you can have the same people work on a game and have the the same ideas happen and over and over and over again. Uh, so it's nice to see when third parties get that push. Be like they they throw in something that they're known for their own games. They put something new. Uh, and exciting into into what they're doing, uh, and with Bandai Namco and how they did the Pokémon tournament, yeah, Bandai Namco is is, is a huge uh, fighting game um, company. That's what they're known for. They're known for a lot of stuff like that. Um, and my being an artist and stuff, I love seeing people's different ideas because all four, all the three of us, well, four of us, I should say. I'm getting lost here. The four of us all have different ideas of what we like in games or art or film or whatever, right? So it's mm-hmm. great to see bits and pieces of each and every one of us contributing to a game. If I gave, uh, you know, Will my idea and he added his his flavor to it as well, uh, he passes that on to Wes or to you, right? It, it's it's great to see other people having their ideas put into a game and that's mm-hmm. how the games evolve and they get better uh, or sometimes you know it can be the opposite and it gets worse uh, i'm gonna say devil may cry with team ninja because that was that was a really bad one uh but uh, there's there's some great stuff there's some bad stuff but that's what happens sometimes you get the the great thing that works and they include it in future games and sometimes they completely restart it and uh, go back to basics it all depends. Three, four, three studios. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, so Jody May Gaming brings up that Hal Laboratories did the first Pokemon Snap, and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, Wes, something I want to bring up with you, um, and I, I find your, your answer on this is going to be very critical, because when it comes to Pokemon games, one of the last thing, or one of the biggest complaints about the last Pokemon game, Pokemon Sword and Shield, is the quality of the game. Is that, yeah, it's a game on Nintendo Switch, but man, like this kind of looks like a game that belongs on a 3DS. It's you know, it, it still has its very round appearance on on edges. You know, you're not getting those sharp, crisp edges that you get on high definition games. Um, and a big complaint was the water. Believe it or not, uh, the, the water being something that people were like, hey, like this looks like crap. Like there are so many other games that have better water, and then. The trailer for a new Pokemon Snap came out. And the water in that game is absolutely incredible. So my question to you, uh, Wes, on this is if a company is going to be taking their game and sending it out to other people to develop other versions of this game, at what point is there a standard that kind of has to be kept? I mean, if if it gets to a point where these other studios are developing your franchise better than you are, what is, what does that say for... I mean, obviously, you own the IP, but... I mean, I, I, I think, as far as the tech side, I think that there is... There's still a fair bit of, you know, sort of secrecy involving uh, tech at, at various companies. Uh, yeah, we there are... There's GDC where, you know, programmers and that will sort of share how they did things and that sort of, that sort of deal. But a lot of that stuff isn't necessarily shared around. There's also a... a an idea within the the Japanese uh, market, which is that that kind of trying to figure out how to phrase this correctly, that you know there, there's this uh, this idea of it wasn't made here, and that mm-hmm. has kind of permeated a lot of the the long time developers in in Japan. That if something wasn't made there, then it's then they sh- they should do it themselves, and because they can do it better. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of this idea uh and so a lot you don't see a lot of that stuff sort of sort of come over and we've seen that in other genres and that uh where the the japanese versions of these games sort of suffer a little bit whereas the north american ones sort of take off because they they are sort of you know iterating on each other kind of thing Mm -hmm. um as far as you know like them doing it better them doing it worse and that sort of thing uh i mean there it kind of depends on the working relationship uh it sounds in terms of Bandai Namco, there there is that relationship between them and, and Nintendo. Uh, Bandai Namco had some development duties uh, in Smash Brothers Ultimate. Uh, they were also the developer for Metroid Prime Four, 
and they're not anymore. Um, so that you know, there's kind of that working relationship, and it it sort of seems like Nintendo is a little bit more willing to take something from them if they don't feel that it's it's meeting their standard. Uh, so that's you know something to at least sort of look at for this and and kind of take as an encouraging sign that that they're they're not just willing to sort of pass it off and just be like ah whatever whatever comes of this comes of this. Mm-hmm. So to throw you another one here. Uh... There's there's a lot of different requests of various types of Pokemon games out there. Everything from, you know, again, a fighting Pokemon game, and then we get Pokemon tournaments, and then there's talk of there wanting to be a Pokemon MMORPG. <coughs> That's a lot of me. Um, but what what do Excuse you? Me? <laughs> it's a lot of me. Um, what what would you say is uh, a direction, or let let's say that they went to go and and give. Uh, an MMO style Pokemon game to someone. Who do you think that that would be a good fit? Hmm. I. Um, I don't know because like who's like who's really doing a lot of the MMOs now? Tencent. <laughs> doing all of the MMOs. <laughs> like um outside of that you got square doing final fantasy but like final fantasy right and then like there's not a lot of mmo developers out there really anymore and like it's a it's a lot Tencent own secret world like the korean developer i don't know for sure i wouldn't be surprised if they have some kind of share in there though they seem to have like shares in everything exactly exactly they they own part of de here in town Yeah. yeah um yeah, I don't know who'd be a good fit. It's hard to say. Like, I, I honestly think that still it probably I would rather just see Nintendo try to take a, ta- a swing at it and see what they mm-hmm. can do with it at that point. Yeah. Um, because there isn't really a big staple MMO developer I can name off the top of my head, which I'd be like, yeah, they'd be the one to go to because the market's so open right now. And it's just it's, it's so different than it used to be like 20 years ago. Allow me to pull it back one on you then there. What? more of an open world because I, I think that's where the, the the series could potentially go you know a much more larger open world game like we're seeing in pokemon uh legends Arceus coming out um you know what like what kind of studio do you think might take on a more open role kind of pokemon game like ubisoft like do you think ubisoft would want to get themselves involved with pokemon I just don't want to be a Pokemon trainer climbing a tower to look around for other Pokemon. Like, honestly, that's, that's what a sound of Pokemon. Assassinating other players. They're yeah. trainers. Jumping into uh, bushes. Could... Um, um, ride this Pikachu up this tower of Charizards. I, am I even saying Pokemon? I don't even know. <laughs> that, yeah, that sounds like it. Pokemon. Okay. Um, Man. Give me a hard question. I'm trying to think of one. I'm just drawing a blank, to be quite honest. It's like, who does that, that other, like, cutesy art aesthetic, but can do, have resources to do an open world, but, like, do it right? Who did because it's... Penguin? <laughs> That's oh, yeah. Right? All right. <laughs> whoever made Nintendo, whoever contact that. whoever made Club Penguin. Uh, get them on a Pokemon MMO. That, that thing even still running. I think they shut it down a few years ago. You remember when that was huge, though? Oh my god! When we used to work together at the video game retail store, like everybody was coming in asking for Club Penguin this and that, and I was like, "The hell's a Club Penguin?" (laughs) Gonna read a comment here from chat, uh, and then I'm gonna ask you guys quick, quick question based off it. Kane zero zero two five says, "Pokemon is so unbelievably child, younger player friendly that is forgetting its older player base who want the game to provide a challenge." So quickly, well, to you, uh, another company he had mentioned earlier is having difficulty options. Would you want Pokemon to have difficulty options? No. No, I don't think that's that's not the game where I want them to have difficulty options. I don't think that's something that they really need. Okay. Um, like the game itself, like the battling is critical, but that's more about the balance between what types of Pokemon and, and, and such, right? Mm-hmm. And then the other essence of the game is literally capturing as many Pokemon and finding the best ones or your shiny versions or variants. Mm-hmm. Um, so a difficulty mode doesn't really seem like it would be something needed to me in that type of game. What about you, Wes? Do you think that it would be something that would bring you back some interest into Pokemon? Let's say 
difficulty I have no was interest uh, in Pokemon. No, there's, there's, <laughs> there's nothing to bring back. I have never had any interest in Pokemon. Right. No. You played Pokemon Red. I did. I did. I did that like five years ago at work over a couple lunch hours, and that was it. Um, <laughs> I, sorry, I, I don't know. That's <laughs> all good. <laughs> For Pokemon I, I stuff, know. it's just you and Danny here. Yeah, say, at yeah, least you're not much. picking on me in that one. <laughs> like, I, I, so I, as far as like, I, I'm going to say this from like the developer standpoint. Then, like, I, I don't think having difficulty, uh, difficulty levels in a game is is a bad thing. Um, I would argue that you could put that into other games that have been very resistant in their communities to difficulty levels, like say. Uh, Bloodborne and Dark Souls and Sekiro, I think that those could benefit from that sort of thing and still have the brutally hard versions of themselves. Um, that all being said, I, at least from an outsider's perspective, it's always seemed to me that the Pokemon series has always been exactly the same and just kind of... It, it, it never really cared about the people that played it before because there was always a new crop of kids that would play it. And the only thing that was really changing was just the design philosophies as the industry was moving forward. Yeah. Not necessarily, you know, because they were trying to keep the old players around, but because like there were certain expectations from kids of what a video game is. Mm -hmm. And then, and they, and they just, you know, they were hooked on the Pokemon thing, but they also expected it to do certain things. Um, at least from an outsider's perspective, that's always kind of been my my view on it, is that they never changed it because they didn't really have to because there was always just a fresh batch of kids. Mm -hmm. Interesting comment here from Timmy Lowe. He says, I think the real question is, have adults realized Pokemon may not be the game for them anymore? Shots fired. Danny, what do you think? What do you think, Danny? All right, so being the only two here that uh, have really been in the Pokemon over the years, uh, I agree with Wes 100%. I agree a lot with what Will says. Pokemon games need to change. I am so sick of the formula. I know that Jake is probably shaking his head over there. The, the formula has been done so repetitively, just over and over and over again. Um, I, I want to see something different. You know, we got a lot of people here in the chat talking about how they want more of uh, an adult-style Pokemon game. I, I think they should. I think there should be two styles of Pokemon games. Ones that are, you know, are made for the younger audience and give us one that's a little more on edge. Um, you know, we've seen some stuff with the Detective Pikachu movie that it's a little darker than than what we we, you know, watched in the anime or the cartoons when we were younger. Uh, and the the earlier games, I want to see something like that come in. I want I want that dark essence, like an underground kind of like uh, fight tournament that was happening and all that stuff. Um, I, I don't think the games need uh, it, like like you guys were saying. I, it doesn't need to have a difficult level. I don't think for that type of game, no, um, because they basically all you're doing is is a simple RPG, right? You're leveling up your your Pokemon and you're fighting against the uh, the um, the league and the thing is is like i'm so sick of hearing that stupid league because it's constantly every game uh give it something a different name do something different with the pokemon series uh and it, it's funny because we got the you know the news about the new pokemon game that's coming uh pokemon legends which takes place before uh all the other pokemon games we're going into the past that is something new Something is 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 finally fresh in the Pokemon universe, uh, and I'm hoping that it it does great so that we can get more games like that. I want to see stuff like that all over the place. Um, yeah, Joey, I don't I don't hate it, um, but I, I I just I think that it needs a change. Um, playing those games since Pokemon Red uh, back in the day and seeing all the differences, it, it's great having all these new Pokemon show up. Sure. I would just, I would rather have the same style, the same Pokemon, a completely different story, different characters, get rid of the League, get rid of Team Rocket, get rid of all that stuff. I want something fresh and different. I think that's what the Pokemon universe needs. Yeah, hear me out. You walk up to a Lickitung, you pay it some money, and you go down a dark alley. 
<laughs> I like where you're going with you this know. one. I'm, I'm sorry. One of those words I did not understand, and it seemed pretty key. <laughs> uh, look it up. Uh, turn off the safety search. And, I'm not even uh, sure how to spell it. T- Timmy Loach says, Jesus Christ, well, in the chat. Did you, did you say lick a tub? Lick a tongue. Lick a tongue. Lick a tongue. I'm yeah. not typing that into a web browser. That's not. It's end the up Pokemon on fucking you know? list somewhere. It's, a, it's, a, it's the Pokemon Lickitung. 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 It's yeah. a Pokemon that's pink with a giant tongue, and yeah, I'll let you mind fill out for that one. Okay, it's, that just, it, it, that just it, sounds like a kid's game. K from uh, Monster Hunter. It's in a kid's game. It, the image is safe to look up. It's just what you do with the image oh, yeah, afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's totally the way that works on the internet. Hundred <laughs> percent. It's it's a kid's <laughs> thing. It's perfectly safe. Have they done a Pokemon game where you play like somebody from Team Rocket? No, and, now, and, and, like the bad guy's perspective. Like, no. what if he went around and you just like beat up other trainers as they came out and like stole their Pokemon? I the think closest, the closest yeah. one that that comes to he's not bad he's more like the anti-hero and that was Pokemon Coliseum for the Nintendo GameCube you still uh, you still the bad guys Pokemon and purify them that was that was a different story which I actually really liked yeah I, I don't want to purify them I just want to go up and like whack kids on the head as they're starting their journey and be like welcome <laughs> to the real world bitch yeah. what if it's just GTA <laughs> online yeah because that right. was basically my experience in GTA Online, was I, I started playing it, I got killed, and then got sniped outside the hospital. Like, yep. the, the, what if it was just that? There's got to be I, people getting murdered for their Pokemon. I think that... Right? Oh, absolutely. The Pokemon series itself, like, if you actually, like, wait and watch a few things, it's pretty dark. Like, for instance, one of the questions Jody and I still have kind of not been able to wrap our heads around and get an answer to is the relationship that people have towards Pokemon in the game, because sometimes they're your pets, and other times you're eating them. And there's so many examples of, like, it's just... It's kind of like Animal Today, though. (laughs) But that's what I mean. So it's like, you've got this relationship, like, here they are in the Sinnoh region, and humans and Pokemon are working together hand-in-hand in order for civilization to thrive. And then in the very next region, they've got they've got Machoke on a plate, and they've got served up some beans. <laughs> it's just like, hey, so Poketails. Right? So, so, I mean, uh, I just I I think that there needs to be a dark Pokemon game that comes. Out. I think that's what Kane and others are signifying here, and Danny too, is that there needs to be something that comes out that's darker, edgier, that is going towards an adult audience of Pokemon. Because I play Pokemon, I have. Well, the last 20 years of my life, 25 years, I don't know how long it's been out now, 25, yeah, it's 25th anniversary. 25 years. And I'm going to continue playing it, but I want I want something that's a little darker, something that, you know, almost like Detective Pikachu was going that route, you know? But we're going to move on from Pokemon. We've been talking a lot about that. We're going to be moving on to some more epic talk, and this is what I was referring to earlier about getting Sony back involved. Sony and a bunch of other co- companies have given a collective total of of one billion dollars to epic in order for them to build this multiverse this is of course right after last week's report that apple had came out and tried to show how well look how this metaverse idea of epic isn't going to make any money at all look they're losing millions they're at 343 million dollars they're set to lose this year alone on offering free games how on earth can they be profitable they're not going to be profitable ever course tim sweeney came out and he had to say that they believe that they're going to be profitable by 2023 with some changes and then boom here we go you have sony and others giving one billion dollars over to epic now i find it very interesting that sony was among the companies doing this and kind of where i want to go with this is kind of a twofold obviously i want to talk about the metaverse but i kind of want to talk about sony's involvement and what that means for potential pc game uh, potentially more sony games arriving on the epic store because that seems where they are heading for the most part is to the epic store i believe that's where it is exclusive or is it on steam as well and when uh which which one um horizon zero dawn it's on steam it's on steam too it is on steam for sure i know days gone is coming out over to uh to uh the epic store as well but so for, so for this metaverse, um, well, I'm going to go with you first. Obviously, the metaverse and what they're trying to build is almost like a different form of an online 
internet presence. Um, World of Warcraft is almost a good sense of it where they had hundreds of thousands of people interacting with each other. You're running around the city. Hey, I see somebody there. I'll trade something with you. Um, but uh, another example would be Roblox and how they're trying to create this environment. Minecraft too, where you're going between worlds. You're going in. You see somebody there. It's almost like a collective online world where you see people. Um, so like PlayStation Home? Uh, yeah, that's yeah. all. I, yeah. That's the first thing that came to mind when you're saying this. Like, is yeah. this what's happening? We're going back to PlayStation Home? So basically, from what I almost yeah, understand, is that this, this metaverse is going to be a connection between Epic and its various games. So it would be like a central <laughs> hub where you're going and being able to jump into a portal almost where, or, you know, this could be where it gets here. You jump into a portal and there's your Fortnite portal. Your, your character goes and jump into a portal. That's the Rocket League portal or the Fall Guys portal that's now being added. So... What do you make of all of this? Well, it's it's a lot to take in this metaverse and what they're referring to and the ideas behind it, but it's it's kind of kind of insane that there's so many people that believe in this. So, what, what do you take? Uh, I guess, like, since no one else is really saying anything, if you look at the likes of like uh, the VR chat rooms and stuff, like there is a place for people that want. To be able to get together and have a persona and go to like chat and stuff right um and the interaction of like exchanging games and stuff sounds like it could be neat but we the past instances like uh like we brought up playstation home um just haven't worked and it yeah. just seems kind Other than of like second life is probably the most successful yeah. version of that and even now like is second life like it's doing enough to keep stable but is it really as oh, big as no, it yeah. was? It's never been like that no. kind of thing, right? Like, like when it first came out, people were like, oh, you can live another life and you can spend real money on property. And then that's quickly died off. Yeah. I, this, this scene, it, it, honestly, when I like first heard this idea, I got that sense of when a new multiplayer game comes out and they immediately start talking about esports before the game has sort of found that audience before the game has sort of found that thing and mm -hmm. i feel like if you're trying to force things together like this like it, it people recognize that when you when you're 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 trying to jam things together that don't really fit together oh uh, since you're saying jam do you mean like the space jam trailer for the new one uh no no i mean Space Jam is fine, but I I would never use those words in that order. It's good in on this day. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like yeah, that's that's like Will said, like they there have been attempts at this before, and they're they're not really all that successful. They just become ad ridden nightmares. You know, you're just like, do you want to be the Mister Sub, you know, sandwich? dude yeah. today yeah. Like, no no i fucking don't or you just walk into some so, dude's house and it's just paint like penises painted on portraits hanging on the wall and everything absolutely. like yeah so and that's, that's like, like best case scenario <laughs> so, so Wes, i want to go with you first on this uh so you know the, the talk on like, oh, when we're getting this metaverse is, is a long way around a long way off because a lot of the online communities networks and spaces they're still closed off to one another and the more I'm reading into this and the more I'm trying to you know, understand it, it almost reminds me, and Danny, I'm going to be hitting you up with this next because I know this is going to be right up your alley, but it really reminds me of an almost Ready Player One environment where you're going to make a one single digital avatar and this one single digital avatar is going to be your online digital avatar for everything. It would be your access to Ubisoft, to xbox to playstation to all these different services but beginning with this one central hub you want uh, you want to go and, and play uh sorry was that well no sorry i was just <laughs> you going yeah so uh do you think that we're anywhere near close to something like we saw in uh ready player one and obviously we're not there from a virtual reality point of view yet but we're getting there. And I mean, 10, 15 years from now? What do you think? To us. 
Oh, sorry. I was, <laughs> I was typing the message. I was I gonna say. I'm sorry. My bad. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was responding to something in chat about oh, a room full of dicks. <laughs> I was. I yeah. I was. I was distracted. Go ahead. <laughs> my bad. Oh no. The the question was to you. Yeah, no, I know. Oh. I didn't hear the question. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it, West. Um, I I was asking pretty much how how far do you see us off a, an environment like it was seen in Ready Player One? Obviously, we're not there from a VR point of view. Sure, you know, sure. Suiting up and everything, but that's kind of where this metaverse environment really has me thinking of. Like that's that's where they want to go with this, where it's just one I, avatar yeah, for everything online. Yeah, that would that would definitely be the end goal, and that's always been the the like science fiction of the whole thing is you know you in a, a like a physical not like a physically virtual environment um, where you're kind of going to different rooms and different areas and, uh, and you know those things represent different interests and themes and that kind of thing. That's always been that that idea of like this cyberspace kind of thing, right? So yeah, it. it do I think we're anywhere near that? I mean, the proliferation of VR gets us a lot closer than than it than it did. Do I want something like that? Not really. Uh, I I that sort of thing has never appealed to me in in terms of the science fiction of it all. Um. So yeah, I, I'm. If if we're close to that, I'm out. Oh. I'm I'm checking out. I'm done. Oh. So what about you, Danny? Would you be interested in an environment like Ready Player One if, if Epic is chasing this metaverse and that's their end goal? Do you want to be a part of it? Who doesn't? Who doesn't want to live a second life and get to do everything that you can't do in real life without dying? Um, I'll say Wes just said. Wes just said. Yeah, no, I, already, I, I got video games. West, I can do West, that in now. I don't. I don't need West another to, uh, thing that. Let's, no, no. I, I'm talking about. I'm talking about world, world life, and, and you know actual great. moving around the world um but yeah if we were ever close to something like ready player one let's just say this world would be pretty messed up because half the people well it's already happening right with the, well. with the pandemic so it, would, it wouldn't shock me if uh if everyone decided to go virtual reality and stay in there um think you know hopefully they don't get trapped like sword art online and everyone dies uh but yeah, like that that's something that's always intrigued me is being able to put on either a head device or whatever and go into into a, a world that is made up of so many different things you can do and like, you know, like I said, being able to do stuff that you can't do in real life without having serious consequences, that's you guys never had a dream of like, I don't know, freaking driving a giant mech robot or blasting a bunch of zombies or aliens or you know whatever you guys are into kind of thing but that that's something that would be so cool do i think we're close to it hell no i don't think we're close to that uh at least not in our lifetime maybe uh maybe past our our kids lifetime we'll they'll be into that but you know we'll see what happens in the next few years I can, you know, Wes says he's totally out, but uh, I'm, I'm out. definitely in for that Still one. Still out. <laughs> I gotta say, Danny, I am 100% with you there. I would be totally down for a Ready Player One environment where you, you suit mm. up, you hop into a game, and, you know, it's like you're playing Call of Duty, but you're in the war zone, you're parachuting down, you know, roll on the ground, you're jumping over stuff, and yeah, sure, if you get shot or whatever, you die, there's like a sting or something, but game over. And it's like, oh, reload, okay. So I, I would be totally, totally down for an environment like that real quick west or real quick uh to will I, I think you're the only one that has answers would you want to be in an environment like that well i think i think it would be neat but i think i'm gonna agree with wes on this one we're probably not because think about what you just said right okay <laughs> now think about it you're in vr in a suit now you're gonna have to do all that running and jumping like your own physical limitations are going to limit what you do in the game because most of us just sit around and do nothing. <laughs> Talk about a way to get ripped, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's the workout that you don't need to pay for at the gym. Come on. I guess. I, I just, I don't know. I play video games to relax. And uh, as much as I like the VR stuff, uh, like I really do enjoy it. Like a lot of the times it's just like, I don't really want to stand up and wave around and essentially do squats after coming home from work. 
<laughs> right? <laughs> or even the jump for that matter, right? So I just, I just yeah, it's like <laughs> that's what I do every time I come home from work. It just work out for an extra four hours. I mean, it's it's the same thing as as the Wii, right? Like just as the Wii generation kind of went on more and more every time i got a game and it was like okay like to do your attack wiggle the the wiimote and i'm like can't i just hit the fucking button mm-hmm. I, yeah right I, I don't even want to like I, I don't i'm gonna fucking get roasted i don't even want to do this like <laughs> this is too fucking much <laughs> too goddamn way, much West? yeah oh <laughs> i i honestly that that is a, a prime example because i did not play skyward sword because of that. Yeah. Like, I didn't want to do any of the slashing. I didn't want to do any no, of the attacking. No, no. I wanted to just get a controller and play the damn game. And because everybody was like, oh, you got to do like really flaunt your attacks and stuff. I'm like, well, I'm not playing. I don't I'm really, really want to. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so like imagine that. But now you got to do all the walking, all the running, all the actual swinging. <laughs> all right. So one more time for you, Will. If it was like Sword Art <laughs> Online, if you've never seen that anime, basically they put on a helmet. Well, and yeah, and then you all... go into like a comatose state. Well, that'd probably be okay. But then you got some <laughs> other issues where, like, like what are what's going to happen to your body when you're like no one's around? And that's the issue in sword art, right? Like you become a yeah. vegetable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Six hours later, damn, that was a long time. Yeah, and you could <laughs> potentially lose track of time, and then there's probably like the ramifications of people dying because they just go in there. I know yep. my partner. If that ever happened. She would probably be found dead in that VR headset. I'm pretty sure we would find her up in uh, Skyrim. <laughs> she would never leave. <laughs> and yeah, I'm sure yeah. so many other people would be that way. Right? Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, I, I mean, definitely that. Like, you know, and, and you know what? We will save this for another day because I feel that this would be a, a very interesting topic for us to, to have a, a deep conversation on. But, you know, there'd almost be something said for, or, um, you know, mental mental health and how that might be able to balance things out. But we'll save that one for another day because <laughs> uh, that I mean, we could be here all night on that one. Um, we're going to move on to Square Enix and it potentially being not for sale or for sale, depending on where you're hearing resources from. Uh, two bankers reported to CTFN that they had some sort of variable proof, vi- viable proof, sorry, uh, that the publisher behind Final Fantasy and Outrider, Square Enix, had potentially been put in them up for sale or had been offered to be purchased by several potential buyers. However, uh, they have since came out, uh, Square Enix has released a report or a comment saying that they are not for sale. Uh, it's not true. And uh, they don't have any. Uh, uh, it's just not going to go. I'm not going to go through. They had this to say, uh, Bling Book has reported today that there is interest from several buyers to buy Square Enix. However, this report is not based on any announcements by Square Enix Holdings Co. Uh, we do not consider slowing off the company or any part of its businesses, nor have we received any offer from any third party to acquire the company or any part of its businesses. So there's two sides to this. We all know how this goes. We've seen it many times before, where a week from now or two weeks from now, we could see Square Enix being purchased from somebody. And that this is all just a no, we're not actually being purchased. Um, Wes, I'm going to throw this to you first because I find it interesting on a couple of counts. One, Square Enix does all of a sudden rumors of it being for sale right after Outriders comes out, a very successful game so far, that also released exclusively on Game Pass as a day one, not exclusively on Game Pass, but it launched on day on Game Pass for those users to just be able to hop in and play for free as opposed to players who are on PC or players who are on any of the Sony consoles having to buy that game full price. There's been rumor and word about Microsoft looking for a company out in the Far East to purchase as a means of them being able to get back into that market. Do you think that Square Enix could be being eyed by Microsoft? Do you think that they're on the target list? Do you think that this is a legitimate case of yeah this is just a fake uh, fake false report and we're not actually for sale i would imagine that uh there has absolutely been talks at least from microsoft's end to talk to square enix and uh and and try to purchase them i i would not be surprised by that in in any way um whether or not square is is 
you know, uh, open to that is is a whole other thing. Um, I'm not sure that they are. Um, but if you know, if if Microsoft is looking and that those things are in in talks or someone's in talks to buy Square Enix, might I suggest uh, Legacy of Kane is a thing you own. You could bring that back. Uh, Parasite Eve is a thing you own. You could bring that back. And Vagrant Hearts, Vagrant Story, Vagrant Story is a thing mm -hmm. that you own. You could bring that back. Vagrant they Hearts have a lot of properties PS2. they could bring back. Yeah, I totally forgot they had those properties. I'm just saying mm -hmm. those 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 three would be a good a good place to start. Um, Let alone they haven't done a uh, like a tactic spinoff for Final Fantasy in a long time. I guarantee you put a ta Final Fantasy Tactics name on something, mm -hmm. people will buy it. it. Yeah, I mean that, that. I I always secretly when they when they announced Final Fantasy VII remake, I I kind of secretly hoped that a, a tactics remake would would happen. Not just porting it to another system, but a full on remake yeah. of that game, or just yeah, straight up do a sequel. But even speaking of that, I guess too, since Jake brought up the idea that like you know how Outriders was free, uh, Final Fantasy VII the remake was free for PlayStation, so it's not mm -hmm. like it's totally one side on it either and mm -hmm. it's i i i i, I want to say too because it does kind of annoy me sorry i'm, I'm going to interject here but for the game pass stuff playstation plus stuff it's not free yeah. you, you're paying for it <laughs> you're still paying a monthly subscription and the developers are getting paid out a chunk of money for having it on that service so oh, yeah. like money's being exchanged it's not free as a lot of people say mm -hmm. no for sure just being that the um obviously game pass being that if you know you're not having to fork out that full $90 at that day one to play the game uh, comparatively. Um, so, Danny, I'm going to throw it over to you. What do you think this What do you think this is, Danny? Do you think this is just Visage? Uh, to be honest, I think it is. Um, I, I can understand if, if Square Enix was in real big trouble uh, and they needed to sell their stock kind of thing. Uh, you know, Square Enix is a very proud Japanese company that who's, that's been around for a long time, uh, and it's it's one of those things where it's like I don't see it happening, but it can. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not saying that you know it's not going to happen, but uh, anything's possible, right? You flash money around, who knows? Uh, whether or not that would change the the name or or whatever of it, or it would just get. You know other properties like what uh, like Wes was bringing up the different uh, the different uh, games that they own kind of thing. Anything can happen. That's the really cool thing about mergers of companies mm -hmm. is getting is getting stuff that you know we might not have gotten in the past. Um, you know, like say if someone would please buy all the all the rights to every Konami game and actually make them. Uh, but something something like that, you know, it's it's a hit or miss whether or not Square Enix is going to get bought by something. I'm kind of wondering what will buy it if it's true, and I'm kind of worried because I'm, I'm actually good. really digging Square Enix games. So you guys know that I'm kind of new to RPGs uh, and shit. That's the only thing I've been playing lately. Uh, so hopefully nothing happens. Or, you know, if it does happen, hopefully it's somebody that's, uh, that's very trustworthy and is going to take care of their franchises. But... Like I said, until something is officially announced by them themselves, I don't think I don't think it's true. Yeah, and like Square isn't in the position to actually need money, as you said. Mm -hmm. Like on top of like the success of all the other games they've been having, like Outriders, even with the Game Pass deal, is still selling really well on other platforms. Um, and then you, you take into account that, uh, I had to look it up cause I was curious. I know it was a high number, but final fantasy 14 is rocking them 15 million, uh, users right now. And you got to think about a large, probably uh, a large amount of those are probably subscribers still, which is huge amounts of money. They're just raking in every month. Mm -hmm. Um, and then like the success of the final fantasy seven remake, like that sold them tons of copies. So it's not like they need to be bought up by say microsoft or anything to be successful they're making bank yeah, yeah if this if this was back in like the the you know Sorry, spirits folks. within sort of time frame back when they had a movie studio and things like that then i i could i would absolutely be on board with with this and say yeah this is probably something that's happening because that company was hemorrhaging money for years oh, um yeah. but in 2021 it's a very different square yeah 
And like, I don't know. I don't, I really hope they don't get bought up because I believe we still need strong third party developers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like if we start seeing all these like Sony, Nintendo and Microsoft just starting to gobble up everything, like they're just going to have a monopoly on all these titles. And like, where is that going to leave a lot of the other ones coming up and like doing their own thing and not being just, you know, under the thumb of the big three? Yeah, and not even them too. I mean, you see Epic going around and they've purchased Media Tonic, which is the developers of yeah. Fall Guys, a recently successful game. They recently purchased the developers of uh, Rocket League, uh, Psionics, a couple of years ago too. And I mean, yeah, like we do need those publishers out there still because look at what happened to Bioware. Like, had Bioware kind of been left alone to do their thing, you know, now we have a company yeah. that a lot of us look at, you know, we. Remember them from the Knights of the Old Republic days and from other games and titles. And, and now we there's a bit of a bad taste in the mouth for a lot of us of what Bioware has put out recently. And, you know, it's because of what you get is a lot of executive oversight. And, the, you know, these executives at these big name companies, they don't always know everything that's right. I mean, EA's had to really walk back a lot of comments they've made about people not liking single player games. You purchased one of the biggest, biggest single player game developers out there. What do you mean you're not into single-player games? Like, that's just a very stupid comment to make. So, you know, I 100% agree. I, I would really hope that actually Square Enix doesn't get bought up because they're, they're a pretty big publisher. It almost from, even Bethesda being purchased was kind of alarming to me considering that you had, like, the Bethesda E3 conferences and they were kind of rivaling themselves along the lines of E3, or E3, of uh, EA and Ubisoft. So, I mean, mm -hmm. you, you, you know, you had these really, you know, they're they're just that big they're almost like one of the big eight and when the big eight gets swallowed up by another one of the big eight it's like okay okay i, I almost feel like for bethesda it almost seemed like i think they have these huge grandiose ideas that they've spent and pulled a whole bunch of money into and i think they were a little bit more troubled than they're leading on especially since they've had to like remaster skyrim how many umpteen million times <laughs> it's like they're reaching out for money right and well, um i, I think mean, fallout 76 did them no favors yeah. yeah, and then top on like how long like they have uh, was that Star, Star Starfield? Citizen or no, Starfield. Not Star Citizen, no, Starfield, Starfield, yeah, yeah, and that's been in development forever. Elder Scrolls, the next one is still like seven years away. It's it's after Starfield. Yeah, and like like that has no real ETA, right? So no, they have we, all this money sunk into screen. these big games. Yeah, and they've been yeah. touting them for years already. So the, I I think they were in a little bit more dire straits than we'd actually know. I think so too. I think I think they really tried to gamble too with their conferences, and I feel that you know they they maybe put too many, you know, too much focus on these conferences, making them grander, and even trying to compete there. I mean, that, that's a lot of money to put on a conference like that. That's not something that's cheap. You know, mm -hmm. I, I, that's a big event, and I mean, I don't know. I, you know had they had they maybe stayed and just kind of developed games and, and not done those conferences, maybe they, we wouldn't have seen them picked up and purchased. But I think you know, like you guys are highlighting, there was. There's some issues there. Hopefully, we're not finding those at Square Enix. Um, they obviously have a lot of great games out there, and we'd hate to well, see them yeah. get swallowed up. When you were gone, we were saying like, um, like they're not hurting for money, Square at this yeah. point. Uh, like you could take into account Final Fantasy 14 on its own. Uh, I just looked it up has 25 million uh, people playing it, which yeah. A high amount of them are subscribing and paying 15 dollars a month. That's a lot of moolah coming in, right? I mean, yeah. so like it, it, if if somebody's going to buy them, it's going to be a hefty sum. And like, especially for Microsoft after the purchase of Bethesda, like, do they want to shell out that much kind of money again, or even more if they're in a better state? But we, we were just talking about, or actually, I'm not sure if we actually got around to discussing this, but they, we did briefly on player player here. Uh, they were just potentially looking into purchasing discord. And that would have been another couple billion dollar purchase. And let's not forget too, when it comes to MMOs making money, um, this would kind of be at a point where World of Warcraft was at a much lower level of, subscri of subscribers, but when it merged with Activision, I mean, Blizzard was no, you know, struggling company from my understanding then either. And, uh, I mean, again, ho hopefully we're not going to see anything uh, happen with Square Enix or them being purchased, put underneath somebody, because we know what happens to companies that, uh, they could put under some big wigs. It's, it's not the greatest things. Mm -hmm. I got one more thing I want to talk to you guys tonight, and this one's going to be more of a little bit of a ton-in-cheek. Uh, Nintendo of America and its president, Doug Bowser, are suing hacker Gary Bowser for selling <laughs> hacking devices that allow people to 
play copyrighted games of Nintendo Switch titles on the system by bypassing the security features. He's the leader of a team called Team Executor, which is just, this whole situation is great. Team Executor, led by Gary Bowser. Uh, yeah, he just, I, I find it funny that you got the two Bowsers. Um, Danny, I'm just gonna throw this one to you. I mean, it's it's very simple. He's he's hacking, and uh, he he was charged back in 2019 for the same thing. Uh, charged with 11 felony counts with uh, Team Executor's uh, other leader Max Larn for the same thing, getting in trouble. Um, he's out doing it again, but it looks like Nintendo's trying to crack down on things more. So to you, Danny, um, I just want to. What do you think about all this? Do you do you find that the Bowser's going after each other or something serious? One second. Uh, to be honest, he did it to himself. If you're hacking his security, the Nintendo security features or any any company security features, that's an instant felony. So, to me, hey, have fun suing him. Maybe he shouldn't have done it. Yeah, Nintendo's always been. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Nintendo's always been very active in terms mm -hmm. of going after people who who are violating their copyrights or or putting together these these uh, devices to to allow people to to access their games. They went after the, an emulation site and took that down. Um, yeah. You know, the, this is not new. You know, not new behavior on on Nintendo's part by any stretch. I'm just yeah. wondering, isn't Okay, when remember when Sony got hacked uh, and they lost all the credit card information, uh, the PSN was down for like uh, a month. Do you guys remember that? Yep. Was that mm -hmm. the same person that did that? The same as this guy? Yeah, because uh, the name sounded familiar. So I'm I don't think so. Okay, I want to say I, no. Yeah, because I, I saw... <clears throat> funny we're talking about this but i i was reading up on that uh the other day about uh about sony and the break-in so i assumed it the name was just closely identical but we're no it's different like 10 years of that yeah it's been a long mm -hmm. time already it's like 10 years ago like today or tomorrow or something like that mm -hmm. within the next few days i i remember that because it was like right around the time that uh i think it was mortal kombat 9 had launched right around that that same time yep. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yep. And it uh yeah, it was it was taken down shortly after. But it is pretty par for the course for Nintendo. They've been doing this for years for a lot of those things, especially with like the DS and all that. There've been people trying to hack into that and use like uh ROMs on it and they've been really quick to shoot all those people down really really fast, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's there's a TikTok user that they took down in 2020. Uh, and OnlyFans start overbranding uh, themselves with, I think it's like Pokemon or, uh, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say there was some Poke Princess. Adult. Sorry, Poke Princess, not Pokemon. Pokemon is different, but Poke Princess, who's now changed her name to Digital Princess. But yeah, I was getting herself into some hot water because she's on OnlyFans, and Nintendo doesn't want to have themselves associated that way. And Nintendo's been a very t tight company when it comes to controlling their IPs and controlling the flow of money around there. They do not want any of their games getting out there into hands where they're not having uh, a say in the money being made off it. Take in the case, for example, Super Mario 3D All-Stars. They made sure yeah. that they got every penny of that and no more. Well, <laughs> it's, it's all about money. That's well, they're yeah. a company. Yeah. They want to protect their IPs and they want to make money. That's been their game all yeah. along. As much as people want to say they love their fans, they love their fans because their fans will give them money. <gasps> what? You mean they're not in it just to please everybody? No. <sighs> well, I think we've gone. The idea the of that, all... of any corporation <laughs> wanting to do that. There's so many. There yes. are a lot of people that think that, though, right? Yeah. It was like, oh, Nintendo's out there to be like, you know, they're here for us and the gaming world and they're making these. No, they're making money. They want your money. Yeah. This is a business. <laughs> There's yeah, a model. Every decision they make is, is based off of that. Like, it, it, yeah. you know will it still sell as you know that sort of thing you know it was yeah. it was great to see uh animal crossing get pushed back because they didn't want to do crunch like that was great that yeah. was awesome that you know at least they cared enough about their employees but if they felt that they wouldn't make money off of it then they wouldn't have done it yeah yeah 
every decision always comes down to money, 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 money. Always. Right. Mm-hmm. What makes the world go round? The dollar bills flying. It does. Mm-hmm. Which oh, better and worse. Did you before I know you that was kind of the last thing you were saying, but did you see that article I linked you in there? Did you want to talk about that a little bit today uh, too? Or? Let me see that one. Yes. Um it's, it's basically yeah, so money talks, as you say, right? But basically, yeah. the the premise you guys were talking about this a little bit ago, where the mm. PS3 and Vita library were being shut down, uh, but because of all the people talking and yelling, like kind of creating an uproar around it, now Sony has come out and said they did make a mistake and they are reversing it. You can still continue to buy and use your PlayStation Three and PlayStation Vita games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that is a yeah, big reversal. Like that is a big reversal. This was one. I, I feel like there was, this was one of the more respectful sort of protests to this sort of thing. Because usually this sort of yeah. thing is just like death threats and shit like that. Yeah, and but I didn't hear any death threats. I didn't hear any stuff like that. I, I mean, I'm not saying there wasn't. There probably was because there's idiots. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's it seemed as though there was just a lot of attention drawn to this. And, and you know, it's it's great to see them change course. It's great to see Jim Ryan say, oh, hey, that was the wrong decision. Cause not sure I trust that guy's idea of what kind of what people want. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was it was a very surprising announcement. Mm-hmm. I find it <laughs> entirely wasn't a surprise announcement, especially for them coming out saying they're one going to take it away, and now obviously two, you have the reser- the massive reversal. I'm surprised that they didn't take a bit of a page out of Xbox and look at what Microsoft's doing with keeping their backlog catalog of games and allowing for that to uh you know the replayability of them to continue on you're mentioning we're watching uh one of our other nerdy northerners jody she was playing uh banjo kazooie and it looked like it had a much greater graphical upgrade than i remember and it, you know I, I know that will you mentioned you had you know the sounds and the new graphics that kind of got you uh wanting to play it again and that's what those old games do it's nostalgia but with, with some of the upgrades you're able to get you know, we still want to play them, and obviously they've reflected on the fact that they felt that there was a many, uh, there were a lot of people that wanted to continue playing PlayStation Three games and PlayStation Vita games. Um, so they came back and put it put it back available for them. So good, good smart decision on there, and I'd say I wouldn't be surprised though. If, like this was a move for Sony to eventually be like, okay, so this is our service. Here's our PS Three library and stuff, right? But this. It, it didn't make sense to them to shut it down in the first place because if people are willing to spend money on it, you might as well take their money for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But could it be a move? And, and could it be like an oddly, oddly big business gamble? Could have. No, I, th- I think this is just a delay, if nothing mm-hmm. else. Like yeah, because I- really, like, it's just what going to cause them to have extra servers up. I, I mean, it eventually going to happen up. anyway. Yeah, like the, there's they're going to have to to pay to have these these servers up to store the the games and that sort of thing is it super expensive no probably not but if it's not being accessed then you know yeah. why have uh, it around if, if no one's using it there's probably somebody looking at the usage of it and realizing mm-hmm. really there's not a lot of people using it well why are we spending the money on it and that's probably the, yep. the decision behind it right Yep, Which, from that standpoint, it makes sense. And really, how many people are really out there buying PS3 games, though? Like this, I get the whole g- game preservation part of it, hundred percent. Yeah, that, that no, was always like, my approach. Yeah, but no one is out there. It, there's probably nobody really buying PS3 games or Vita games at this point. Well, and actively buying digital versions of those games, right? Where that, you can get them way yeah. cheaper in store. At like a used thrift stop or something, right? Or, yeah, hundred yeah. well, percent. The only thing being is that there there are games that are only available that way. That's true. Um, like Fat Princess, Great exactly. Game. Yeah, um, uh, all that pixel junk. Uh, no, they put out those out on a physical. Some of them have come over to. Uh, Some of them also, do. you can get them on PC now too. For a lot of them. Oh, can they? Exchange mm-hmm. their library on the PC. Yeah. Sure. Sure. <clears throat> all right. Well, that's where we're going to wrap it up today, folks. Sorry for me having to skip out here in the end here. At the uh, at the minions upstairs, but I do appreciate everyone for tuning in to this week's episode of Player to Player. Thank you so much, Will, for coming by and joining us for this discussion, sharing your thoughts. Much appreciate no having problem. you by, always, always. And again, thank you to Wes and Danny, my wonderful co-hosts here, Player to Player, for obviously being here. The chat is always great with you guys. We always find ourselves right up until that hour and a little over Mark, and it's always a good conversation. 
Are you saying you want to keep going? Um, you know what? I, I would on any other night, but uh, just kidding. I feel, <laughs> I feel, <laughs> I may be being called upstairs anytime now. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I do appreciate everybody for tuning in and being with us. We will be back next Monday here in the Northerners from nine to ten p.m. Eastern Standard Time to discuss the weekly gaming news that you don't want to miss out on. And in case you did miss any of the conversation tonight or miss our previous episodes, you can go and catch us over on YouTube. And you can go and find us over on your favorite podcast sources as well. Take us on the road with you wherever you go. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Much appreciated. And we will see you all next Monday. Take care.